I've got it. Fuck it. And welcome to this, the first episode of our brand new podcast, Tripology. I'm Al, and I'm joined by the ever-informative Adam. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me. Are you excited to be here? I'm so excited, mate. I'm really, really excited. This has been a long time coming. I'm excited to finally be released from the listener's electronic device and be travelling all the way into their brains. Is that what this is? Is that how it happens? I've got no knowledge of podcasts, as you know. So the technical side of things, that could very well be how it happens. You could convince me of that. That's how a podcast works. We are now currently housed inside whatever device the listener chooses to operate. And the act of them playing it has freed us very much. <laughs> The artwork, you know what? The artwork isn't too far away from that. It's pretty psychedelic. I think it's a great array of colours and it conjures up all the right feelings. You know, I have to imagine that's why the listener has chosen to access this, episode one. Perhaps the podcast has been going for a long time now and they've gone back to episode one. Whatever, we know that they're a new listener and they've just clicked on this podcast, Tropology. I like to imagine that they're holding the podcast in their hand like a little bejeweled treasure box, and they're currently wondering what's inside. What is Tropology? Let's tell them, what is Tropology? Tropology is, for us, the study of long-term travel. Both you and I are, I guess, fundamentally backpackers, people who like exploring, and we travel the world extensively And we do let it dictate our lives. That's it. We're interested in the concept of long-term travel. The idea of leaving your life behind, exiting from any mundanity, and sort of living a life on the road, being a perpetual nomad. That's the way that we've lived for a very long time now. The best part of a decade, no? We have, yeah. Back in 2015, I booked a one-way ticket to China and started this journey going overland from continent to continent. And you, very much around the same, embarked on your own journey, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. So I grew up in the southeast of England and I'd lived up until my mid-twenties my whole life in sort of a five-mile radius. And then once I got to that age, I knew that there was a bigger world out there and I really wanted to go and explore it. So I left home and I would say I've been away ever since. And with that, you've absorbed a plethora of knowledge about how to live this sustainable traveling lifestyle. And I think part of the reason we wanted to start this beautiful big podcast is because we wanted to inform other people about just how possible that is. I really believe that anybody can travel. Anyone can quit their life. Anyone can go and explore this world that we live in. And I want tropology to be a little subject that they can download and listen to each week that helps them access that new realm. Yeah, we're clearly very passionate about it. And as I said, we have let it dictate our lives. We've we've shaped our lives to allow us to travel. I think that's fair to say. And If we can come at this from a place of encouragement and a place of support, I think that's going to be an awesome thing. Exactly. So if you're sat there now with headphones in thinking, I've always wanted to travel. I've always wanted to hop on a plane, go thousands of miles in a great tin can in the sky and arrive somewhere entirely unusual to me, then undeniably, this has got to be the podcast for you. It's a show 
where we're going to construct a community of other like-minded people who want to live this long-term travel lifestyle. So briefly, Adam, give us your credentials. Give us your little curriculum vitae, your resume. I want to know exactly why people should tune in and listen to Adam tell them all about travelling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've lived in five different countries on four different continents. I've spent two years in Asia. I lived in France, Hong Kong, Australia for a long time, and now we both live in Canada. Both our lives going on different trajectories have intersected at this large country in North America. That's where I am by way of South America. Before that, I was in Africa, before that, Australia, and I started my trip in Asia. And where were you just prior to Canada? I was actually stuck in London, would you believe? Oh, you boring bastard. <laughs> I know. I almost didn't want you to ask that question because I didn't want to tell you the answer. But uh, not that there's anything wrong with London. Uh, let me just say that. I mean, London is one of the best cities in the world. Okay. Look, I was on my way home from after living in Hong Kong and I, you know, I had to go back and see the family. Of course, I miss them dearly. And when you spend large amounts of time away from home, of course, you're going to miss family. I do actually think it's one of the reasons why lots of people don't go traveling. They do restrict themselves because they're almost experiencing anxiety about missing people uh, at home. And that's something we will discuss, of course, in later episodes. It, it was never my plan. When I came home from Hong Kong, it was never my plan to stay in England. I just wanted to see my family and then I was going to move on to the next thing because I already had banked the visa for Canada that I'm currently now on. I actually got caught home just for a little while during the pandemic. I say caught home like it was some sort of trap. I just mean in the sense that there was a, obviously a global event that prevented most people from traveling. And um, I despised every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was there briefly because I actually was away for four years without going home at all at one point. You know, I traveled to six continents over four years without even seeing my family or going home. That's such an incredible amount of time. And it's funny when you introduce me in that way, because I feel, you know, travellers like me, we look up to travellers like you. But I think one of the things, one of the reasons I'm excited about doing this podcast with you is because you bring a very different type of travel expertise to the table than I do. I think my strengths as a traveller is long-term travelling. You've got your carry-on backpack. You're going for long stints of time and slumming it in hostels. I think you have a lot of experience in that field, but you really get down to the cultural grit of a country. I think you're very good learning the languages, experiencing the the food with a quite a refined palate. I think those are your strengths. You have a very high level of cultural awareness. Yeah, and it's an immersive experience. I mean, I do want to go and live in these places and not necessarily experience the place as a tourist, but really... Uh, as a local, as someone who lives there, who's you know part of the community. And in all of those countries I mentioned previously, I've had bank accounts, jobs, vehicles, apartments, relationships. And, uh, you know, it's almost like when you live in a country uh, that's different from where you grew up, you have to, you have to reinvent yourself. You have to create this version of yourself uh, and the, the life that you live over and over again. And that becomes a skill and hopefully something that we can encourage other people to do as well. That's right, man. And that's what's so wild and crazy about where we are right now in Canada, because we are both in a situation now. We're on a two-year 
working holiday, IEC, International Experience Canada Visa, in Canada. We're both working, we've got jobs, and we're starting this podcast as a way to reconnect with the concept of travel and bring that concept to a wide audience. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think that over the past couple of years, people haven't been able to travel. People will be looking for a release, be looking for ideas, be looking for inspiration. And I think that we can bring that in abundance. And further to that point, I think there's a lot of different types of traveller as well. Me and you, we both like the long-term travel. We both like taking a one-way ticket and going on a great big adventure for as long as our money will last. But there are lots of other types of traveller, people who like travelling for a little bit, people who like travelling with a very specific aim in mind. Maybe they want to see animals in the wild or take pictures. That's their kind of driving goal. And those people are welcome in the tropology community as well. That's what we're doing. We're building a community of travellers. Yeah, I also think it's important to say that we're, we're also not digital nomads. We're not people who have been able to travel with our work. I've got no money. <laughs> we're not. We're not people who have had the opportunity to travel with their parents' work. You know, you meet some some people who have been to international school, they've moved around, they've already been to 10 different countries by the time they're 16 because one of their parents has had a job that's moved around the world. You, ha- you meet some people in travel who, who live a life on the road because they can, because they work remotely. That's not us. We, we build these lives and then we stop everything and then we go to the next place and we start it all again. What are we doing? Hold on a minute. So we ain't digital nomads. We've not got much money, but we're long-term travellers who are zipping around the planet. Do we give away all our trade secrets about how we've managed to do that in the first episode? Or do we wait and drip feed the audience with a little bit each episode? That's it. We've got to drip feed the market. You've got to keep people wanting more, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are very specific tools and things I think both of us have used as a way of travelling long-term. And I think we'll discuss those in an almost mundane amount of detail as the podcast goes on. Yeah, we have benefited from platforms, from communities, from you know other, other areas of travel that we want to really bring to the fore and communicate to the listener. I think it's really important that more and more people know about the way that we've been able to travel because I don't think it's well communicated. And the reason that I'm so pleased we're doing this podcast is because when I was 16 years old, so this is really from personal experience now, When I was 16 years old, I felt an immense amount of pressure on my shoulders and I didn't really know where to turn. Go to a chiropractor. (laughs) Can I fucking finish? I was really getting serious there and this was coming from the heart. So, um, but we're keeping that in. Yeah. No, but, you know, on on a serious note, when I was young, when I was 15, 16 years old, speaking to careers, advisors, parents, peers, you you feel like you're you're on this pathway and it feels like societally in in the UK we're we're all kind of guided towards further education whether that's college a vocational course and then university and then you go into a you know a, a sort of dead end job and i know that's maybe very different now for the slightly younger generation but that's exactly how i felt i just thought that there was only one path there for me and i would never discourage anyone from going into further education But I just want more people to know, young people to know that there are other options out there. And whether that means you do a study program abroad, you go and learn a language or you pick up a backpack and you get a visa for Australia or New Zealand. There are so many options available to young people. And I would just like more people to know that these exist. Adam, what lit the touch paper for you? Travelling. 
yeah, what what was the what was the ignition for you deciding to break away from that further education, get into a steady job, stereotypical existence, and decide f all that? I put all my belongings in a backpack, hop on a one way ticket, and go somewhere extraordinary. What did it? I think it was because I actually fell into that trap. <laughs> I was I was doing exactly that, exactly the life, exactly the pathway that I've just described. I had a half decent job in the town that I grew up in. And I'm sure that if I'd stayed there, it would have led to a prosperous career. But I knew it wasn't what I wanted. I knew that there was more out there. And for that reason, I started exploring. That was very much the same for me as well. I was doing a degree that I was very disillusioned with. I was sick of it. And I sort of made this little plan. Okay, well, I'm going to get this done. And the second I do, I'm going to use what little money I have get straight to China. And I chose China because I felt it was the place that would subject me to the largest culture shock. And I thought, I'll just see how long this very finite amount of money lasts me. And it turns out using working visas and doing jobs in exchange for food and accommodation, that little bit of money lasted me, you know, over four years. Wow. And we'll dive into the psychology behind that decision, because I I think that's imperative to the authenticity of of your trip is that you chose very deliberately to go somewhere you knew you would experience a culture shock. Yeah, absolutely. And I also knew nothing. I thought I had maybe some rudimentary travel skills. I thought this is going to be a bit like that other day I went on when I was a kid and I'll know how to get a map and (laughs) get in a taxi and all that stuff. But all that stuff becomes absolutely irrelevant When I first arrived in China, I switched on Google Maps on my phone because I was desperate for a direction and was immediately charged like $30 for roaming charges. I was like, okay, I know nothing. Double handy, double handy. And, you know, growing up in the UK, we do have exposure to Spanish and to French. So when you go on holiday to these places, if you're scratching around trying to get a clue, you look at a sign and you can sometimes work out what it says. You look at a menu in a restaurant, you can maybe get there. But in China, it's symbols, mate. You haven't got a clue. The language barrier in China is probably the most extreme that I've ever experienced anywhere. It's even more of a barrier than the Great Wall. <laughs> yeah, that was the real Great Wall, man, was not being able to understand anybody. But of course, like in the rest of Asia, there's a quite a high level of English. I think that Southeast Asia is often like the backpacker training ground because having a good understanding of of Thai or Vietnamese is not particularly necessary for exploring those places thoroughly. There's a lot of English-speaking tourism there. Yeah, it is a great entry into backpacking. If, if you are someone who's thinking about embarking on a trip, you may be a little bit nervous, quite rightly so. It is a big decision. But I think that Southeast Asia, we both agree, is a great place to start. That's right, Adam. And with that in mind, I've taken the liberty of doing something behind your back. <laughs> Again, brilliant. It's a very, very succinct and effective email address and it's tropologypodcast at gmail.com excellent that's um, very appropriate for this podcast you like the name thank god <laughs> i like it a lot i like it a lot so with that email i want people to write to us i want people who want to go traveling to write to us i want people who are on the fence about traveling to write to us anyone who's sitting there listening to me talk now and thinks I want to talk to Adam and Alan about travel. 
I like it a lot. Yeah, and I chose Gmail because I think it's a fairly reliable, secure email service. <laughs> yeah, people, send in your messages if you've got any queries, any questions you want to ask, whether it's about travel or whether it's about the direction that we're going in. We'd love to hear from you, and we hope to read things out in the uh, in the podcast in the future episodes. Absolutely. And this is just episode one. We've talked a little bit about who we are and what we want to do with tropology. In episode two, we'll talk to you a little bit more about how me and Adam met on a farm in British Columbia, Canada. It's a fantastic story, and we look forward to talking about it on the next one. It's a story that involves what can only be described as a plethora of canines, two Canadian people, and pastures, horses, some pigs... There's lots of different tales that emanate from that farm in British Columbia and we're looking forward to talking about it more because that really was the birthplace of this podcast. That was this podcast's Bethlehem. (laughs) And it happened in a stable. It did. There was stables involved. Exactly. I can't wait for episode two. I'm going to head there right now. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye.